We begin at the top of our bulletin. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord has risen indeed, alleluia. On this day, the Lord has acted. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, open our lips. Our mouth shall proclaim your praise, alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Okay, you probably mute, I guess. Oh, sorry about that. Panine, I think you're still muted. Okay, now, sorry. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia. Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God, to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia. Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, uh -huh. the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia.
In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Incline your ear to me. Make haste to deliver me. Be my strong rock, a castle to keep me safe. For you are my crag and my stronghold. For the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net that they have secretly set for me. For you are my tower of strength. Into your hands I commend my spirit. For you have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. My times are in your hands. You strengthen me in strife. My hope is in your word. Your love reserves my life. My times are in your hands. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. My times are in your hands. You strengthen me in strife. My hope is in your word, your love reserves my life. Betsy, you'll need to unmute yourself. I have a glory. My soul proclaims My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm he has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Stephen gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears 
and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks. We praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy on us. You were seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the first book of Peter. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This gospel is a familiar one, and I suppose, I would suspect many of you who have attended funerals at Emmanuel have heard at least the first portion of this gospel frequently in that space. It is a common gospel for us to hear at a celebration of life. I personally love it for celebrations of life. The idea that God has created many dwelling places for us. And to start that prayer, to start or be in that service with the line, do not let your hearts be troubled, gives a beautiful pastoral response to the multitude of feelings that comes with the celebration of life. I often in a funeral will focus on the way in which God has created and prepared for us dwelling places. Places where we go when we depart this world, when we pass through the gates of eternal life. I use this gospel for comfort, for hope. It takes on a very different context, though, when we hear it in a Sunday service. When we hear it not for comfort for those who we've lost, but for our own life. For the life we live day in and day out, here and now. I always take comfort from the fact that the disciples who are supposed to be our example of how to follow Jesus still struggle with all of this, even though they are there to see the risen Christ. So for us, it should be doubly hard and doubly confusing, and yet God still has grace. I'm drawn to this concept of dwelling. The way in which God creates dwelling places for us, the way in which God dwells in Christ and Christ in him, the way in which we are called to dwell with God. For our faith and our life is not about what happens to us after we die, but how we live here and now. How I believe we are called to dwell with God in our daily lives. How to be with God and Christ how to live into our Christianity, how to live into our faith. To dwell is usually how we think of our physical home, where we live geographically, regionally, whatever it is. 
it becomes a very physical thing, especially now as we spend 99.9% .9 of our times in our dwellings. But I believe God is calling us to something more than just how we dwell in our homes or are members of a church. I am thinking through this gospel and reminded of uh, Heidegger's teachings and writings on dwellings. Now, I know just enough about Heidegger to probably get it all very wrong. Heidegger is not the easiest philosopher to understand. But Heidegger spent a significant amount of time talking about dwellings and talking about the concept of poetic dwelling. For Heidegger, everything was about being. How do we be? How do we live? How do we exist? And in terms of dwelling, Heidegger connected the way in which we dwell to be the way in which we live into our full being. For Heidegger, we dwell in this world at its fullest in a fourfold way. We dwell on the earth, under the sky, with the divinities, and with mortals. Super simple and clear, right? The way in which we dwell is not about the physical place we live, but the way we live in relation to the earth and the sky, to the sacred and the divine, and to all who are mortal around us. To dwell is relational. And the way in which we dwell with this fourfold is the way in which we live into our fullest being. If we take this into our Christian concepts, into the way in which we understand how we might dwell with God, I believe we are being called and can learn from Heidegger's confusing yet thoughtful writings about how we are meant to live in this world, how we can live into our fullest being as created children of God, that we live relationally. We live relationally to the earth that we live on and with, that we cultivate and nourish. That we live in relationship and thoughtfulness with the sacred and the divine. And we live in relationship and thoughtfulness to all who dwell on this world with us, not just those in our immediate dwelling or household or region, but thoughtfulness for the whole world. Heidegger says that it is easier to un understand this concept by how we don't do it than by how we do. He especially points to the way in which technology and industry draw us away from living into our full being, away from living into the fourfoldness that he describes. That when we consume that when we look at everything as a means to an end, to profit, to success, that we lose touch with our reality. We lose touch with that connection to the earth and the sky and the divinities and the mortals. We are so used to focusing on the world in terms of what we can gain, how we can put ourselves ahead, how we can succeed and thrive for our own 
family, that we can greatly lose touch with what it truly means to dwell with God. To dwell with God is to live counterculturally to the world in which we live. To dwell with God and believe that God dwells in us calls us to a different way of living. To be in this world with a radical care for the earth. To be in this world with a radical care for all who live on this planet. To care for those who don't look like us. To be outraged by injustice that exists throughout our country and throughout our world. To let our hearts break and be moved by tragedy and loss, even if it does not touch our personal lives. To break down the walls we usually build up to protect ourselves and our families. To care for those outside of our own realm. To dwell with God is not necessarily an easy thing. While in a funeral and celebration of life, we can point to it as a way in which we seek comfort when we pass through the gates of immortal life or pass through the gates of eternal life. When we are living into that idea here and now, we are calling ourselves to be uncomfortable, to be outraged by the way in which our society and our world exist for success and for money and for power, to be outraged by injustice and racism and sexism in the world, and to speak out for the earth, the sky, the divinities, and the mortals. This fourfold way of being is not what we do just for God, but we do it for ourselves because it is how we live into our truest sense of being, our truest sense of self. It is how we live and act out that belief that we deeply believe in God and have come to know God through the scriptures, through our prayers, and through our relationships with one another. Today is a day in our society where we traditionally uphold mothers and mothering. I always find it to be a somewhat complicated day, even as I celebrate my children and they celebrate me in their own ways as much as a four and two-year-old can. But I am always reminded of the way in which these sorts of days can also be heartbreaking and tragic for those who yearn to be mothers and are not, have lost mothers or children, who have complicated relationships with family. This is how we, be, we are called to be in the world. Yes, to celebrate what we feel called to celebrate, but to grieve and name the heartbreak that might be existing around us. So to those whose hearts break today, I see you, I pray with you, and I sit with you, as does God. For God dwells in us and we dwell with God, 
And so in our heartbreaks and in our celebrations, God is there and we are called to be with one another. It is what we live out in community. It's easier for us to do it within our community with those whom we know, to grieve and to celebrate with those in our close-knit circle of this church community. But perhaps today we can consider the way in which we are called to do that for the whole world, for those who we do not know, for those who do not look like us, because God dwells in them as deeply as God dwells in us. And God wants for us to live into our fullest and truest selves as Christians, to be in this world, to dwell within it as our fullest beings as God's given creation. Amen. We continue together on page six of our bulletin with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to pause here in our service for a moment. We don't have a traditional offertory within our morning prayer service, so certainly we could put one in and will be putting one in in future bulletins. The way in which we give and support the church is a vital part of our spiritual practice. There's a reason it's a part of our Eucharist every Sunday, that we give and share our gifts to God in the midst of the celebration of our prayers and preaching and Eucharist. Obviously, this is harder to do in a virtual sense, and yet we did not want to deprive you of that spiritual practice, of the giving your treasures to God, though many of you have continued to do it, in sending in your checks and your pledges and your giving, we have decided and found a way for us to do a virtual offering, which I can hopefully make more available to you all now. Let's see if I can get technology to work with me for a moment.
We have created an option, which you should all be able to see, where you can text to give to a manual at any time, not just during church, but especially during our moment of a virtual offering, our virtual passing of the plate, that you can text this number, text the dollar amount you wish to donate, and you'll be given instructions to set up your account with Vanco, which is our online giving service currently with Emmanuel. We'll be sharing more details about this service on our website and making it more readily available to you all. And of course, troubleshooting and giving tech support as we do for all of these new ways of being in church. More than anything, what I want you to know is that I'm grateful for the many ways in which you give the ways in which you support this church so that we can continue to support the community. This week, we sent out our donations to our outreach partners, Edible Hope Ministries, which is part of St. Luke's and Ballard, receiving a $10,000 check from our outreach commission. We also sent a $10,000 check to Youth and Family Services on Mercer Island, our other outreach partner. Your support allows us to continue to support the world around us, to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. So in whatever way you can, with your time, treasure, and talent, I hope you will give to God. Walk in love as Christ loved us as gave, and gave himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God. We continue together in our bulletin, and I will make that information more readily available to you after the service as well if you didn't capture it. We are midway down on page seven. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Let your way be known upon earth. Your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life. Grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his step in his steps, the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. O oh God, you make us glad with this weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessings through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O oh God, the author of peace and love and concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear any power of any adversity through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. <clears throat> Let us pray for the church, 
and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy, guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all those whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially those celebrating birthdays this week, Natalie Veljovic, Fred Milkey, Laura Stanley, and Ty Parkinson, and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially the Reverend John Allen, Jerry Griffith Beggs, Niall Clark, Diane Goodman, Richard Hall, Lorna Hamill, Joyce Hedges, Hannah Hooper, Peter Mockenheimer, Luisa Martinez, Michael Miller, Chrissy Perkis, Sue Rawlings, Karen Rowley, Elani Sanchez, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillianne Snow, William Victory, Michael Wandell, Julie Wiegand, and Peter Wiley. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, we commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Joan Buckley, Larry Brown, Matt Temple, John Pluth added this week, the more than 75,000 COVID deaths in the United States, including 900 in Washington, and all those who mourn, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with you uh, with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, yeah. 
We lift up the prayers that are coming in our chat. Prayers for support of this world, for all that we need, for those who suffer due to racism and violence in our country, and for comfort and strength for those who are dying alone. We lift up those prayers named and unnamed, those that reside in our hearts and our minds. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit, that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Almighty God, you've given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you've promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We are going to have a postlude by Kevin Payne, but please stick around. We'll have some announcements after the postlude and coffee hour, and I'll be talking about what our reopen plans are given the current instructions from the governor and from our bishop. <laughs>